if you or your partner are having a hard time getting pregnant or just tired and stressed, hormones may be the cause. With a delicate interplay, hormones drive much of our general and metabolic health. Imbalances can lead to infertility, but also weight gain. Eat the wrong thing, train too much or too little, and you will develop imbalances in your hormones. Additionally, the microbiome can be the cause of and impacted by these compounds. Joining us today is Sarah Clark at Maximal Being Fitness, Nutrition, and Gut Health, a natural fertility coach and functional medicine practitioner here to set your life into balance. Listen on, Maximal Beings. Do us a favor, Maximal Beings, and leave us a comment or review. Hit the subscribe button and let your friends and family know so that we can get the word out. Listen, we've all been there. You go to the doctor and they tell you to lose weight. How? Move more, eat less. So you see a nutritionist and a trainer and they tell you to eat X, Y, and Z, leaving you having one salad a day, starving and unsatisfied. But fear not because Maximal Being is here. By harnessing the power of science, Doc Mock, a GI doctor and functional medicine practitioner, and R.N. Graham, an ICU nurse and ex-physique competitor, will teach you not only the how to reach your fitness, nutrition, and gut health goals, but also the why. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com shop and sign up for one of Maximal Being's fitness, nutrition, or gut health plans today. In addition to your plan, which has over a $2,000 value for only $100, you will receive 90 days of accountability from one of our coaches. Save 10% on prescribed supplements, get Maximize Your Nutrition, an instructional ebook, a cookbook, and much, much more. Bundle two or more plans and save, or sign up for a complete health overhaul and save much, much more. Act now and maximize your pathway to wellness at MaximalBeing.com slash shop. Welcome to Maximal Being, a GI doc and ICU nurse that break down the science so you can exceed your gut health, nutrition, and fitness goals. So, let's smash the bro science and optimizing your health with your hosts, Doc Mock and R.N. Graham. What's going on, Maximal Beings? Doc Mock here with Maximal Being Fitness, Nutrition, and Gut Health. Many of you are stressed, not sleeping, eating Cheetos all day, every every day, and you can't get back into the gym. And as a result, maybe you're trying to improve your hormone state or you're trying to to get pregnant in the midst of this this pandemic that that we're um, going through. Well, fret not because Sarah Clark is here to assist you and educate you on the impact of your hormones, as well as all of the lifestyle choices that you make and how to improve them um, on your fertility. Um, As always, I'm Doc Mock. I am a therapeutic endoscopist practicing here in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. Um, That's a, a GI doctor that specializes in cancer, and I'm also a functional medicine practitioner and do nutrition. And joining me, as always, is R.N. Graham. Hello out there, Maximal Beings. Uh, another great podcast here with uh, my good friend, Doc Mock. I am R.N. Graham. I am an ICU nurse uh, down here in South Florida. I uh, work uh, predominantly on the COVID unit and, like I said, in the ICU. 
Um, and I am also an ex an ex fitness competitor. Excuse my excuse my tongue today, <laughs> but um, I am really looking forward to our podcast today uh, with Sarah Clark. It seems like we have a very interesting topic, and I can't wait to delve in. So, uh, for those of you that have not yet met Ms. Clark, um, she is the founder as well as the the lead coach uh, in Fab fertility.com or fabulous fertile supercharging your fertility uh, naturally. She's also uh, the lead host for an, a wonderful podcast entitled Get Pregnant Naturally, which I honestly have just been binging my way through. Um, she has a ton of amazing content on her website for those of you that want to get more educated on lifestyle and the impact on hormones, as well as your fertility. And so without further ado, Ms. Clark. Awesome. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. It's really our pleasure. Um, we like to always start talking to our guests about their origin story, and you certainly are a superhero. So I, I can't wait to hear, you know, your story, how you got into fertility medicine. Yeah. So, um, so really have my own journey with infertility. I remember my early twenties having a regular cycle. So a couple, couple cycles per, per year, which at, at that time I thought was a good idea, but obviously not a sign of something that was off. Um, so I had a regular cycles. I had, um, a weird fungal rash on my chest. I had, um, yeast infections and then I started getting acne. So my teens, I had great skin. All of a sudden in my early twenties had, had acne. So the first line of defense went to see my doctor and was placed on birth control, um, falsely regulated my cycle. And some of the other acne didn't really go away, but the, the yeast infections went away. And then I had this grand plan of um, getting married at 25, having my kids at 28. So I got married at 25 and um, wanted to have my kids at 28. So I came off the pill shortly before 28 and then was told I had premature ovarian insufficiency or failure, as it used to be called. And basically, which is a loss of function of the ovaries before the age of 40 and told the only way I'd ever have children is by using donor eggs. So I remember the OBGYN giving me this news, reaching up on her shelf, grabbing the IVF brochure and, and telling me, you know, off you go to donor eggs. And at that point, I didn't think of the other symptoms that were going on in my body. I didn't think to get a second opinion. I went straight to the fertility clinic, got on a list for donor eggs and, um, was lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our daughter and she is, uh, she has turned 19. So this is back in the day when you said donor eggs and people are like, I don't even know what that is. And now you've got the embryo adoption and embryo donation. So all the, the, the IVF procedures going on, there's these little embryos there. And we had on, on my podcast, I had um, a woman, she actually um, adopted um, two embryos and have had two children and the natural siblings to those children are 13 years old and her little daughters are one in three. So science can do some pretty cool things. And um, yeah, so then after, um, so we had two embryos left over after we had our daughter, wanted the kids close together, um, went, uh, went back in. I was super stressed because I had this timeline of having them close together. Uh, those two didn't work. Yep, I went on a separate list for a, a separate donor. Um, and then we're lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our son. So he's 16. So the kids are three years apart. And then uh, really after I had my daughter, I remember in, in one year I had nine colds. Every cold went to a sinus infection. I thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for all the colds, 
which was not a great idea, was, you know, disturbing my the, the gut health and my microbiome. I, um, I had chronic sinusitis, chronic bladder infections, was peeing blood, became allergic to all, you know, to all the antibiotics. I had chronic yeast infections. I had toenail infections, dandruff, seasonal allergies, um, all of these things. I was still functioning. I was still in corporate HR at the time, um, but on, under chronic stress. And um, then decided I was going to bring I was going to bring life coaching into the corporate environment. Took a uh, a life coaching course. Had a, my own personal wake up call. Discovered that I really loved health and wellness. Took a health coaching course, and that's when I discovered I had these these food sensitivities. So for me, it was gluten, dairy, later corn. Took those out of my diet. Lo and behold, the science infections started to go away. The bladder infections started to go away. Um, the yeast infections started to lessen. Then I took out corn. Then I t- did some some stool testing. Found out I had streptococcus and H. pylori and fungal infections. And then the whole underlying cause of like issues with all sorts of things actually was chronic stress. And I actually would have said I wasn't stressed out, so that was interesting. But I know that I was. And but I didn't discover any of this until I was forty, so fully in menopause. Um, and what I know though, after helping lots of couples that are going through, especially with this diagnosis too, um, with, with a POI or a POF di- a diagnosis, uh, a premature ovarian insufficiency or failure that, and, and also with low AMH, um, diminished ovarian reserve, really being able to help couples when they've been told, sorry, it's donor eggs for you. There's, there's really lots of things that the functional approach can help us, uh, really get to the bottom of why it's not working and and really uh, looking at those missed healing opportunities. Yeah, thank you, Ms. Clark, and and gratitude for your full disclosure. And and I really appreciate you know your story and sharing with our audience. Um, it, it certainly is amazing, and I think you outline a lot of things which, you know, we we we've talked about as well. Is that Westernized medicine has all of these amazing advances, right, in pharmacology and technologies, but. It, and it's really good in a crisis, right? You come in with an acute heart attack, you need a cardiac catheterization, but for everybody else that has all of these other underlying health issues, rarely will we dive into nutrition. And it's because as healthcare providers, our education is just lacking and it's not, not necessarily anybody's fault, um, but the education system itself. Before we dive into, um, you know, the weeds on hormones, let's just take a step back. And if you could define for our audience when somebody should seek help for fertility and what infertility actually is. Yeah. So basically, yeah, one in one in six couples will struggle from uh, infertility in Canada, one in eight couples in, in the U.S. And really it's, if you've been trying for more than one year, um, then you can, they'll, they'll start doing tests if you're under 35. And um, if you're over 35, it's six months. Um, I was just interviewing actually someone the other day for my podcast, um, from, from modern fertility. And she's actually changing this conversation. Cause it's like, how can we have to wait? You know, exactly. we, okay, wait a minute. We, you know, we're listening to our body. We know our body best what's going on. Why do we need to wait for a year until they're, they're going to actually do these tests? So from uh, modern fertility, she has a very inexpensive test. that's actually rolling out through, through Walmart, which is crazy. Um, not, not crazy. It's good. And so she could, because when she was, was first going through this, she had PCOS and um, she knew something was wrong and she wasn't diagnosed with PCOS as yet. And she had to wait the year. And then she had to, you know, the tests were $1,500. So this test that she has is like $159. So it's interesting to, to have for women's health and hormones kind of pushing the conversation forward that, you know, to be empowered. If we, you know, we know our body best, what's going on and how do we take action 
you know, faster rather than waiting. And yeah. You know, it's interesting that you uh, bring up, you know, the concept of women's health, because let's face it, that's, that's a form of health that is so taboo and so left out in the dark, even as, you know, I, I have a young daughter um, and we're constantly teaching her women's health because they don't do it in school. They don't do it once you get out of school, um, you know, and I wish there was so many more options um, other than sex education, you know, let's go deeper. Let's, let's accept the fact that, you know, women's health is extremely important. And I think it's one of those things that are left out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's like, sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll go ahead. Hey, you go ahead. Yeah, it's just it's for for us is to to you know to bring it forward and move the conversation forward. You know, on Instagram now, people are sharing sharing their their bleeding. You know, before it'd be like, oh my goodness, your period. We don't talk about that. That's embarrassing. I know my daughter's generation and like she runs around. Yeah, got my period. No big deal. I'd be like, oh my goodness, no one should know this. This is embarrassing. So it's like, so now it's it's you know the conversation is starting to change. I still do with you know with birth control that you know typically for me when I had those issues going on with my cycle, the still the first recommendation is birth control. And it's, it's still, it's still happening. And it even happened with my, with, with my daughter and she had some issues and um, I'm like, well, we can look at this, you know, we can, she hears me going on about the nutrition and other things we can do. And she's like, no, I want to go and see what the doctor says. And we went in and the, literally she'd said, oh, my period's very heavy and cramping. And he's like, oh, well, why don't you go on the pill? And she looked over at me and went, okay, mom. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the politics are in Canada right now regarding birth control and, and women's health. But, you know, my wife is a urogynecologist and urogynecologist and the procedures that they do are reimbursed by about 50 percent that of male urology procedures here in the United States. So it just kind of creates a tapestry of where our society, you know, disvalues women's health when we, it's greater than 50 percent of our population. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's similar in Canada. Aaron Graham, you want to ask about uh, hormones and, you know, setting the stage for. Yes, uh, definitely. You know, um, especially from the nutrition, uh, from the fitness standpoint, um, male and female. Um, So of course there is a lot of abuse of hormones um, in the fitness industry. Um, And of course this has a huge effect on fertility and infertility. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to hear from, you know, someone that's more of an expert than of course myself, um, the role that hormone hormone replacement plays in infertility. Yeah. Like we, and so like, I just did an episode all about bioidentical hormones. Like our, our thing is like, that's a bandaid approach where let's look at the underlying issues of what's going on. Is there, you know, is there a missed food sensitivity is there a gut infection? What are the environmental toxins? You know, we're exposed to a whole bunch of endocrine um, disruptors from our environment. We're in the middle of a huge food experiment with the, you know, with the, with the, with the glyphosate that is, is put on our food, um, is sprayed on our food. And then also the mental emotional stress of, of dealing with infertility. So um, we look to minimize those stressors. And then if someone needs to have bioidentical hormones, we, we can then recommend those, but that's kind of not where, where we would start with. And then, you know, we're, we're doing testing, looking at the Dutch test. So that's giving us um, clues, looking at your hormones using urine, kind of what pathways the hormones are going down, looking at your cortisol levels and um, looking at your sex hormones, your melatonin. 
And I guess from a fitness standpoint, like we see many people because we coach like a busy professional type A and we see many people that have like with exercise, they've basically exercised so much they've lost their period. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, menorrhea. So um, we will see that. And, um, and then also with premature ovarian insufficiency or failure, um, typically we're seeing with that diagnosis is there's, well, there's a myriad of different things going on, but a lot of it can be trauma um, that's going on, like mental, emotional, and then those stressors of food sensitivities, we see autoimmune issues. Um, so we're, we're looking under, like underneath why, you know, why are the hormones out of balance and how do we then address these stressors to then bring it back to balance? So another important question that I have for you is um, one of the things that I love that you guys do is the couples therapy. Um, and for men, um, facing infertility is, you know, th- that's like something that men will not talk about. Um, because for the most part, when you think of, oh, we can't have a baby, the first thought is, oh, there's so- there must be something wrong with the woman. Most men aren't, aren't going to face the fact that, you know what, maybe the problem is you. Um, so can you talk about how uh, you guys kind of bring the, the, the couples coaching into play um, and how do you help educate men in, in the whole structure of infertility? Yeah. So in the beginning when we were coaching and we're typically dealing with female factor infertility, although we do support couples that have male factor, but typically it's most, mostly female factor uh, infertility that come to us. And in the beginning, we were just coaching women, you know, they'd be making all these changes and, you know, doing a lot of research and doing all the changes. And we just felt the missing link. You're preparing your body for a baby together. It's you and your partner. And you can be making all these changes, diet, and lifestyle. And then he's over there. He wants to support you, but he may not know what he can do. And um, so bringing, bringing both partners together just has everyone for that, you know, that healthy couple, healthy pregnancy, healthy baby. Everyone's on the same page. And typically... I ask the question all the time, you know, what, as far as research, because we see a lot of type A people that we're, we're coaching, they put their research hat on and they've gone down the, the rabbit hole of Dr. Google and literally lost, you know, hours of their life doing that where we're like, how do we switch that over to self-care instead of, you know, research, because, you know, how do you feel after all that research? And when I ask the, 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 the male partner, are you researching like 99% of the time, he's like, I'm not doing any research. And not to say that he's not interested. He may be learning, you know, through osmosis, through through his his, his partner. Um, so, it's, so we just find the partners really don't know what they can do to optimize their health. So we include a blood chemistry review, uh, not to diagnose, but to educate, you know, what are the healing opportunities? And we're looking at the blood chemistry to see that that have been missed. And we're looking at the blood chem through uh, functional reference ranges are just tighter and they're, they're, they're for, um, they're for healthy people. So it flags it earlier before it goes to disease. So we're looking at his blood chem, then seeing, you know, what's been missed on his side. And there's all, even when he puts his hand up and says, my, you know, my sperm, my semen analysis is totally fine. There are always things he can do to, to optimize his preconception health. And, and many times, you know, this is most people that we speak that we work with have been trying for at least two years. They've had at least one failed failed IVF or more like multiple. And so this is really, this can really bring a relationship together or tear it apart. And, and he may feel he has to be strong for her. 
he may feel that, you know, if he breaks down about this, that, you know, what's going to happen, they're both going to be, you know, what's going to be, you know, he, he has to be strong. And so he can't share his feelings. He may not even have and in some of these coaching sessions that he may not even have told her some of the things that he's, he's bringing up. So it just opens up um, a conversation where both people are able to talk about their emotions and their feelings on this. And then you can, it brings them closer together because sometimes she's thinking maybe he doesn't, he's not affected. He's not as affected by this as I am. You know, she may be obsessing about it. He may typically women are going to over-research. This is generalizing start an Instagram profile, maybe, you know, maybe an anonymous profile and post about things, um, join a Facebook group, go into chat groups, typically generalizing guys do not do that, but it doesn't mean they're not equally as um, impacted. And, and that partner stress can also worsen the underlying condition, right? And, and further precipitate infertility. Um, and just backtracking in my ner- nerdy science brain, you know, for the listeners out there, the Dutch test is a uh, commercially available hormone test that uses saliva and or urine. Uh, we They're one of our partners as well. I love the Dutch test. We do it a lot for uh, weight loss strategies and aromatization. Um, and then reference ranges, you know, you absolutely hit the nail on the head that in westernized medicine, we have, you know, ranges that flag if your liver function testing is high, but it may be abnormal without hitting that flag. And as doctors that are reviewing hundreds of these a day, you may miss opportunity to improve somebody's wellness. Um, Just stepping back with the hormones again. So what are the main hormone players when you're talking to somebody about fertility that you are evaluating with the Dutch test or your other lab values? Yeah. Like for the, for the hormone again, we don't, so we're not like focusing on the hormones per se. Like even if they come in and they give us a diagnosis of low AMH or it's unexplained infertility and you know, their FSH is high, their you know, their AMH is at a 0.01, which is like, you know, that's, you could say that they're, you know, their ovarian reserve is basically done. Like basically people get very in the fertility side of things, get very stuck on the diagnosis and follow these generalized recommendations. And so with the hormone piece, you know, we're looking at the hormones and it's, it's telling all of this tells a story. So we're looking at your health history and we're bringing in these functional tests. And so for, you know, we're looking at cortisol levels and we regularly see, people's cortisol pattern, either if especially they've been doing this for a long time, it could be like flatlined. So completely burnt out their cortisol level. There could be like glucose issues. So blood sugar imbalances. We see that a lot where, um, and their, their blood sugar is even like, so so back to just to back up. So we may see like sleep issues, um, which then is going to then cause your blood sugar to be imbalanced. And then, then, then that's uh, messing with your, um, your sex hormones there. So those are kind of some themes that we see. Um, and then with the hormones, they may be going down the wrong, like some of the wrong pathways. So like some, some, uh, DNA damage, um, as far as the estrogen, so to make sure it's going down the right pathways and before the testosterone is, it, you know, it's on, um, and I'm not an expert in the Dutch test. This is part of my team. So she, they're, they're actually going to be reviewing the uh, Dutch test, the functional di- uh, diagnostic nutrition practitioner on my team. Um, but really in general, we're looking at the hormones, what's out of balance, um, and then we, we're typically reviewing that with the uh, GI map test. So that's looking at this, that's the stool test, looking at the DNA of your stool and kind of, um, you know, from a, a cortisol standpoint, sometimes we'll see that the cortisol is slightly elevated at night, which could mean there's gut bugs in there. So, you know, then we'll see if they have like a parasite or a, 
a bacterial infection. So it all, it all kind of ties in together and we're not focusing on like one hormone per se is like the whole, the whole picture. So talking about the gut, you know, which is, which is my, my wheelhouse love talking about the gut. Um, you know, in preparation, we all kind of reviewed a little bit of the medical literature regarding the tie behind between the gut and both stress levels, as well as hormones and fertility. And so, you know, what do you think are the main factors in terms of diet that impact the gut? Uh, you know, what are your low hanging fruit for nutritional interventions to fix the gut, to fix fertility? Yeah. So our whole thing is how do we reduce inflammation in the body? And one of the, the big, big things is diet. Most people that come to me are saying they're eating a clean diet. They're eating a healthy diet. As we dig into, I would say hundred percent of people come back with some sort of food sensitivity, just like myself. So um, we have both partners do the elimination diets, the gold standard to figure out if you have a food sensitivity, we'll tweak that further with food sensitivity testing for the, for the female partner. Typically right now we're looking at the zoomer test. It's the best one, the, the best one available right now for like, we don't have any affiliation with any of the testing companies or the lab companies. We just find the, the, the best one available It's only it's available in most of the U S except for the uh, New Jersey and New York. Um, but if you can go to Pennsylvania, you can go to Connecticut close by and get it done there. Um, and that one, it looks at, and the, there's a lot of uh, false negatives in the conventional celiac testing. So there's there's only testing for four proteins in in um, in wheat, where there's over some say over 60 or 70. The the Zoomer test will look for 26. So at least we'll we'll then um, find find some some basically it's zooming in on the there's a wheat Zoomer, there's a soy Zoomer, a corn corn Zoomer, dairy Zoomer, and they also include in, include in um, IgG. So looking at a uh, the, the delayed food reaction. So the food, food is crucial. What you place on your fork every day does matter. If you're eating something that is causing inflammation in your body um, and sort of back up, if you have, we see many people that come to us that have been on long-term hormonal birth control. They typically didn't, didn't go on for prevention. They went on for, um, they went on for, um, you know, either irregular cycles or, or cramping or heavy cycles. And so, and then that will predispose you to food sensitivities, gut infections and um, mineral imbalance. So um, we, so we see that with, with the launch and then the theme of non-celiac gluten sensitivity is the theme we see with, with the diet, with people with these complex diagnoses and even, even like unexplained or the premature ovarian insufficiency, the low uh, anti-malarian hormone, the um, diminished ovarian reserve, that non-celiac gluten sensitivity, where when they do the wheat zoomer, like gluten is in the red zone off the chart. We see that very, very uh, uh, regularly. And most people be like, oh, okay. They didn't even know, or they might be kind of partially gluten-free and, you know, maybe their partner's still eating it and that can still you know, we're recommending the whole household go gluten-free if someone's that sensitive. So diet is key. And that can then with the, with the gut piece, it's either, you know, you could have a leaky gut or intestinal permeability. And then all these, your favorite food, we've had that before. And I had that too, where your, your favorite foods, unfortunately your body starts mounting an immune response to them. And then you're intolerant to all your favorite foods. And then, so then how do you heal the gut and you know, you can then eventually bring back in that avocado or lettuce or whatever it is and, and that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It, we, we've definitely talked about leaky gut before and, you know, essentially you have this 
carpet on your entire small bowel. You eat Cheetos or you have stressors over the period of your life and it pokes little holes inside of this barrier, which has such a difficult job at getting, you know, your nutrients through your vegetables through into your bloodstream, but also keeping the, the bacteria away from the bloodstream, which can cause that low level of inflammation. And so irritating it over time, poking those holes in it will break down the barrier that Cheeto slips through. Our ancestors didn't eat Cheetos, so your body doesn't know what to do with the Cheeto. It floats around in this complex, elevates your white blood cells, and then it goes into your brain, makes your brain foggy, gets your joints, makes your joint ache. What I found in my research was overall high levels of streptococcal species is associated with fertility issues in terms of the gut microbiome um, and high levels of bacillus species as well, as well as mycotoxins too, which is kind of a not really talked about hard to test for, um, you know, subset of the mycobiome. Um, and all, overall a lack of lactobacillus in the case of men and bifidobacterium uh, more so in the in the case of women and so in animal studies at least they have done they've replaced those bacteria which have shifted away from the streptococcal bacillus species and improved fertility in in subsets of, of mostly animals unfortunately there's a kind of a lack of human data um, on that subject um, we we use the the cyrex lab test which is available at home in a saliva format i really like that because it tests IgA, which is the, the lining of your gut, as well as that delayed I, IgG and IgE, your allergy response. If you're stuck at home and cannot make it to the grocery store, delivery may be the best way to stay clean and healthy. Instacart is the national leader in the direct-to-home delivery service. With numerous major chains and food from smaller stores, you can get those local veggies sent directly to your doorstep. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com slash Instacart and maximize your nutrition today. What's going on, Maximal Beings? It's Doc Mock here. Many of you are returning to the gym now, but some are not going back. Regardless of what you plan, Rogue has got the right gear to fit your needs. I personally own a barbell set and love it. The black op shorts are sweat resistant and flexible for getting deep in your squats. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com Rogue for our referral link. Order three items and they ship for free. And as usual, it's Doc Mock and I'm here to maximize your pathway to wellness. I think Aryan Graham, you had a question about kind of what's that sweet spot for fitness, right? Too much yes. fitness, bad for fertility, too little, and you're gaining weight, you get insulin resistance. Exactly. Where's yeah, so, so yeah, that's something I definitely want to delve into because, you know, everybody's, you know, fit life, you know, fitness, 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 fitness. But what a lot of people don't realize is you can overdo it. And you, sp you spoke about it with uh, amenorrhea. Um, you know, there's a certain weight that you need to be if you are planning to to carry a baby. And if you're you're not in that weight range, your body says, well, you're not ready to carry that baby. So it's not going to allow you to do that. But at the same time, um, unhealthy eating does lead to the insulin spikes. And, you know, from research, we, we know that that also plays a part. So can you tell us um, what is the balance? Where, where should, you know, a woman be when she's planning to, um, to conceive a baby? you know, how does she balance that fitness um, versus the other end? 
Yeah. And it is in the middle, right? So you don't want to be over-exercising, nor do you want to be sitting on the couch with your feet up. So it is, it is movement is important. Um, and we really like to see, well, how do you feel? Do you, after the run, do you, are you exhausted and you're dragging your butt for the next two days? You know, how are you feeling after bigger, we don't want you to do vigorous exercise. How are you feeling after exercise? And a lot of times people kind of get stuck in this, um, you know, a lot of cardio. So, so we include an exercise coach as part of our, our program to really being able to customize it for uh, that's right for the person. Um, some people, you know, can just do more, more exercise and feel fine, but it is, it is that really tuning into your body. You, um, we, we prefer to you to do, um, like a Hatha type of yoga. So slower yoga, yin yoga, um, restorative yoga, these, and these, if you are kind of used to that vigorous exercise, you might be like, are you kidding me? I got to hold this pose for all this time. It's too slow. I want to leave the room. It's horrible. That's the whole point is to sit with the emotions to, you know, to work through a lot of times when you're holding some of these poses, you can actually like work emotions out of the body, like work grief and trauma and have it move out of the body. Um, so we prefer um, more like, yeah. So those kind of yoga and um, those slower exercises, also weightlifting, you know, you know, two, two, three times a week is weightlifting. Um, you can do it. Um, brisk walking is good. Um, it, it really though is very, is individual and see how you feel. And, um, and if we, if you're, if we're saying, if you're running right now and doing like, you know, and we're saying, let's slow down and, and you can't, that's something else too, where you're like, well, wait a minute, how come I can't give that up? Is that your only way that you, re- that you relieve stress? And how is that impacting your cortisol level? Is that, you know, is that, are you in burnout mode and you just keep going and you don't even listen anymore and you're just, you know. So you did bring up the yoga and that's something that I absolutely love that you brought up. And I know that you guys do offer yoga training as well. Um, can you go into that? Because I, you did speak about the stress relief of it, but even some of the poses as well can really help fertility. Yeah, like legs up the wall before you go to bed, putting like 20 minutes with the legs up the wall can help that the blood flow going into the uterus. You don't want to do that during um, during your during your period. But um, and other pose, poses like that heart opener pose where you can put a pillow under your your back and then open your your legs up into that butterfly pose and that that heart opener to to um, that's helping with with grief and really um, um, that that can be really helpful. Um we have like a six week yoga um, program as part of the program. And it's, they have their cycles, but there's uh, poses before the cycle, after the cycle, there's ones you can just do in bed, but a lot of it is, it is very that, you know, half a uh, restorative yin slower. You're not doing flows, vinyasas. You're not doing um, hot yoga, Bikram, or, or, uh, Bikram, Bikram yoga. Um, that's too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After exercising, you know, the natural next step is recovery, right? And so we don't want to overtrain so that we get overtraining syndrome and we never fully recover. That's a high stress cortisol state. But a big part of that recovery is sleep. And, you know, in my clinical practice and in our consulting practice, nobody in America is sleeping or sleeping well. So what are the low hanging fruit and and how do you start that conversation improving somebody's sleep? 
Yeah. So really this is something we work on with our couples for months. And a lot of times people either have insomnia for years, they may be waking up, you know, between one to three, which is the liver time kind of in Chinese medicine. So what's going on there. They may be uh, waking up all night long because they're going to the bathroom. They may be waking up feeling exhausted. So uh, for first of all, we will track the sleep. So um, the sleep cycle app is a good one to look at sleep cycle. Um, we look to see, are you snoring? If you're snoring, um, there's snore lab, you can go to that app and um, track to see if you or your partner are snoring. Snoring can then impact the cardiovascular health and all sorts of systems in the body. That's a sign that something's off. Um, as long as you don't have any sinus issues, you can do mouth tape. So mouth taping can then um, just be kind of cool uh, to, um, it seems kind of barbaric because you put this thing over your partner. <laughs> yeah, quiet. Uh, but yeah, it can really help to then train train you to breathe, not with your mouth when you're sleeping, but through your nose. Um, the blue light blocking glasses, so um, blocking the blue and green light uh, all at nighttime. So be, I should have them on right now, but I don't. But basically at sunset, you should be putting on your blue light blocking glasses uh, in, uh, because the blue and green light from your screen, your tablet, your TV is impacting your melatonin, which then impacts your um, female fertility as well as male. So, um, and health in general. So you want to make sure that your, your melatonin levels aren't. So basically we see people supplement with melatonin where it's like, how do we do that? Like the natural way to actually put the glasses on, or you can use, they have on your, on your screens, you can use apps like flux, um, F L U X and, um, put that on your, on your screen to minimize that, that light, um, castor oil packs are really good too for, um, to help for, for sleeping, the oxytocin and uh, relaxation. Um, we, uh, we recommend those, which are great to use in the first half of the cycle. Um, for this general like sleep hygiene, you want to make sure, and this is for people, I speak to people all the time, going to bed at 11, 30, 12, 1, mid, you know, how do you get into bed? The, be the most restorative sleep is from 10 till 12 p.m. So how do you get your, how do you back your whole day up to then get you into bed. Maybe you aim for 1030. If you're at 1130 right now, kind of go down by 15 minute increments. And to me, it's just really prioritizing sleep. You can be doing all the supplements, spending all the money on the tests, you know, doing all sorts of sort of, you know, the, you know, the functional approach is an investment, but it is equally as important to work on the basics, such as like the right diet for you, optimizing and prioritizing your sleep, moving movement, and dealing with your stressors and kind of see if, if you're not able to prioritize sleep, well, what else in your routine? And a lot of the times people I'm coaching are people that are overworking, potentially workaholics, not able to set boundaries. And um, that then impacts their sleep. They're working until all hours of the night. And, and that's kind of like, how do you open up the space now for your baby? How do you mother yourself now? You know, it's so so awesome that you brought up all those things because that is something we have talked about endlessly on our podcast, the importance of sleep. We've talked about the blue uh, blue light filters. In fact, I don't think you should even have a TV in your room as far as I'm concerned. And at a certain time, those tablets, those phones, they need to go away. Um, and I work night shift. So when people don't sleep, I'm like, listen, I, I can't sleep when I want to sleep, unfortunately. Please sleep for me. So um, I love the fact that, you know, you're telling us how important sleep is when it comes to fertility and infertility. I, I also love that you're 
emphasizing basics because I mean, it really doesn't have to be that fancy and overcomplicated and sleep really is central to so many things. Um, the other things we talk to people about is keeping the room cold. And, and I think just picking up a good old fashioned book instead of watching, you know, television for hours upon end. And I think people are starting to get fatigued with television programming at this stage in COVID. I talked to a guy yesterday who was coming in for colonoscopy screening, but he's having sleep problems. And we actually spent the entire visit talking about sleep hygiene and things like that. And he was really excited about it. Now that said, um, I think it's just important because you know our biohacker population is gonna wanna know about supplements. So are there any supplements that people can help with their reproductive health? Yeah, so we we start off, we are started couples off with basic supplements. And then when we get the testing back, so we're doing the food sensitivity, the Dutch, we're doing the GI map, and we're also doing the HTMA, so the hair tissue mineral analysis testing. And then we're developing that targeted protocol, typically um, an average of three to four months, and that's really targeted supplements. But the basic supplements that we recommend for both partners. So we would do a methylated folate for the female partner. Many, many people are taking folic acid, so you don't want to be taking that. That's the, the synthetic form of folate. So you want to make sure it's methylated folate. Um, the male partner would take a multi, both uh, would take omegas, both take magnesium, both vitamin D and both a probiotic. I love it. Yeah. We're, we're on the same page at 100%. Um, before we wrap up, you know, I just, I think it's important to let people know where, where to find you and, and what, what things are available, especially, um, you know, with the new year. Um, so where can people find you and listen to your wonderful breadth of knowledge? Awesome. Yeah. You can find me on get pregnant naturally. It's on iTunes or Spotify. I also have a, a three day fertility diet freebie so they can go to fertility diet freebie and there's chef prepared recipes and a little meal plan to kind of get you started with the fertility diet that has anti-inflammatory foods to help. And this is for you and your partner. So you can start cooking this weekend. Please don't forget to uh, hit the subscribe button and leave a comment below. It really does help all of us to get the word out, you know, to improve everybody's health and wellness. Um, it was such a pleasure to have Ms. Clark uh, on the show today. Always great to talk to my friend, Aaron Graham in Miami. Aaron Graham, what's going on uh, in Maximal Being these days? Well, in Maximal Being, we did just do our holiday podcast. So please check it out. Uh, we talked about the gifts for the fitness in the fitness lover or future fitness lover in your life which one thing we did talk about was sleep tracking which uh we touched base on today so check that podcast out of course you can always check us out on maximalbeing.com as well on instagram um, and facebook and of course on twitter as well Okay, so uh, it, it was a pleasure chatting with you both. Um, we'll catch all of you Maximal Beings next time. And as always, this is Doc Mock here with Sarah Clark and Aaron Graham, and we are here to maximize your pathway to wellness. Next week on the Maximal Being Podcast. Do us a favor, Maximal Beings, and leave us a comment or review. Hit the subscribe button. Let your friends and family know so that we can get the word out. And until next time, this is Doc Mock, and I'm here to maximize your pathway to wellness.